One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, and welcome to. Tavern Watch plays Exalted,、uh, something I've been trying to make happen for about two years.、Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the game master slash storyteller for this、uh, storytelling system game.、Um, Exalted is it's an interesting game. It's basically, instead of a Tolkienian fantasy, it's much more of an anime slash pulp fantasy setting.、Uh, you'll see as we go. With me are our four. Adventurous and somewhat willing to experiment players are、uh, going to go around the table and have them introduce themselves,、uh, starting with Liz Two. Hey, I am、uh, Liz, not editor in chief, <laughs> and、uh, are we introducing who we're playing? Yes, that'd be great. I will be playing Talia, the Lady of Faces. Okay,、uh, next up is a long suffering friend of mine, Joe Perez. Hi, I'm Joe Perez. You may recognize me from other such adventures as the mage that made、uh, Matt pull his hair out occasionally.、Uh, and, I, and I'm bald now, so thanks. <laughs>、uh, I will be playing、uh, Cronai, the Corsine River. Liz, the first, if you don't mind.、Uh, hello, I am Liz, and I am playing Laylith,、uh, a Twilight Exalted, if I understand. Any of this at all?、Yep. It's a learning I, experience. That's what it is.、Uh, and finally, new round here, but we're going to throw him in the deep end because that's what we do. Nick,、uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I am Nick Marino, and as Matt said, I am the new guy.、Um, and I don't mind being thrown in. If anything, I always thank goodness. To, I always choose to swing up, regardless of if it's a good idea or not. And I. Fitting because I will be playing Dax, a Dawn Exalted. So we're going to get this show rolling.、Uh, the four of you have come together just after your solar exaltation when you were at a period of your life where things may or may not have gone poorly for you, but then the exalted, the unconquered sun itself, the, the effectively the eldest god in the pantheon, chose you and gave you the gift of exaltation, turning you from mortals into something else.、Um, As exalted, you may live a very long time, but it's been a long time since the solar exalted walked the world due to the usurpation,、uh, where a group of other exalted called the sidereal exalted got the dragon blooded, the terrestrial exalted, to rise up in revolution against the solars and kill them. 
Although it took a great many terrestrial exalted to do that because one solar is worth a hundred. There were tens of thousands of them. So eventually they won. Uh, but now you're returned to the world at a time when the terrestrial exalted are busy fighting amongst each other and the world is in desperate need of heroes. But that does leave you kind of, you don't have a fraction of the power you used to have. You remember being able to do world shaking things and now you're still stronger than any normal human, but you're much less than you were. So you've come together or separately. You came to this area outside the, the grand city of Nexus where you remember something about a tomb and each of you has seen visions in your memory of this place. And now you're here uh, in the foothills surrounded by natural beauty, looking for an entrance to the place that you've been pulled to by memories of your past lives. Uh, and with that, we're going to turn it over to you guys. You're, it's dawn. The sun is coming up. Uh, each of you feels the presence of the sun returning to the world, except the night exalted uh, who always feels it at night. And you're all now keenly aware that somewhere near here is the location you seek. But don't everybody go at once. You talk, you go. So what we just basically see the, the area, like the tomb area or what do we, you don't actually see the tomb as of yet. You know, it's somewhere around here, but right now you're in basically nice rolling Hills. It's a beautiful place. Uh, it's untouched by the various conflicts of the, Various dragon-blooded empires, the Lukshai forces, the city of Nexus, none of it. The the realm hasn't been here in a long time. There's various animals. Uh, some would be quite recognizable to a modern person, like the giant woolly elephant-looking mammoth creatures that wander around the hillsides to the west. Uh, north of you, as the hills go up and you know eventually become, you can't see over them at a certain point. Uh, there's things that look vaguely like deer, but with like strange things coming out of their noses. Like, like an antler coming out of its nose. Uh, there's other creatures, cat-like things. Uh, it's it's a pastoral area turning into wilderness as it goes. All right. Well, I guess I would try to find a indicator or direction of where this tomb would be because it seems like that is, that is what's calling to us. So we got to try to find our way there. All right. Uh, do you, let's see, you make a perception ability. Uh, look at your various skill abilities and see if there's one that would go well with perception for this. I mean, I have investigation. Yeah. So investigation plus perception, go ahead and roll that many D tens. Your target number is a four and you want two or more successes. Uh, easily. That's three successes. Okay. Uh, the lands feels like it's shaped to head up. Like it's been carved in such a way that your, your path is naturally to go up. And as you go up, uh, do you guys all follow, or does does Cronus just go off and you all just watch? <laughs> uh, I will. I will follow. It seems like he has a direction he's headed in. They I'll follow. They okay. Rather, rather, rather androgynous. You're not not quite male, not quite female. Oh, uh, if you want to, you can describe your characters to each other. Sure. So Cronus uh, looks almost dwarf in appearance, short and and sort of stout. Uh, absolutely hairless with chalk white skin, uh, black spots dapple the skin, uh, almost giving you a panda like appearance as far as what you could to, to liken it. Um, but, uh, really there's no like facial hair at all. Uh, very sort of utilitarian as far as, uh, what their appearance is. Uh, Laylith is tall, thin humanoid. 
with uh, long black hair pulled into a thick braid, kind of angular features. And she wears uh, heavy kind of oil skin clothing. And uh, I think that's all I got. Dax or Talia, do you want to describe your characters or do you just want to keep going? I'll go. Uh, Dax is a very, very tall, bulking humanoid figure. Uh, he's got wild black hair running down to about shoulder height. Uh, his face is not one that would typically be seen as approachable. It's the fa- a weathered face seeing many, many, many hardships. But uh, co- further, he's got broad shoulders and a tattoo across his back. And it reads, Invulnerable and Invincible. Well, that's going to get tested, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, Talia actually um, is of, of average height. And you can't really tell much about her appearance because she's covered by a mask and a cowl and no actual skin is visible. But that's not really a problem because every move and gesture communicates and flows with what she's saying. She's, she's theatrical and evocative in, in her gestures. So as you go up the hill uh, with Coronai's leading the way, you come to what is the, the lip of a depression, which then goes down, and you realize the valley starts to go down, and that the valley is sculpted. Like, it's a bowl. It's a giant bowl, and at the ba- it, literally at the downport part of the bowl is a stone shape that is like a hand, and the hand is missing its pinky. The, the smallest finger. So there are, there's a thumb and three fingers left and the hand is enormous. It's 500 meters tall. So it's like the size of, to use a modern example, it's the size of the empire state building. Would is, I have seen, go ahead. would I have, would I have seen anything even resembling this before in this size and scale? Make an occult roll. Okay. Probably occult plus, uh, I'm going to say wits. And so the number of It's uh, your occult dots. skill plus your The wits. number of dots is the number of dice. Yeah, then together. Occult. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm real high on occult. That's five plus wits. Mm-hmm. Five, six, seven, eight. So you have eight die? Yes. Roll all eight of them. Let me know. Uh, you need to get above a five on per die roll. So let me know how many successes you get. And I only see, see Joe, you said you only needed two D10. I had six out. Well, I have 20 sitting out. I thought that, that, that might be overkill. <laughs> um, and what, what number was I looking for? You want above a five and let me know how many above five year old. Uh, <laughs> above five or meet five? Five or above. Uh, then, yeah, that's eight. So you've rolled above five with every die. The three lowest ones are fives. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Wait, you, wait, no. Hang on. I'm sorry. Six. Okay, six no, is I still more six. than sufficient. Uh, this, you have never seen anything like this in your life, but you remember building it. Like, you haven't, like, as you're looking at it, you, it goes from what you're seeing now to you're standing somewhere else and there's a giant person with their hand held up and in the hand is glowing an artificial star. The sun itself, an, an, an effigy of the sun blazing with like permanent fire out of like the, on the like polished obsidian and onyx statue. The hand was perfect then. It wasn't missing a finger. 
And as the light seethed and roiled inside of it, uh, you turned and the person you turned to speak to is a tall, thin, uh, naked woman that, you know, instantly upon speaking to the turning that, you know, that that person is the same person as Dax and yet isn't. And you say, when we're, when we all eventually reach the end of our exaltation, when we are reborn, we will, you know, to come here and find our previous bodies and find what we lost. And the woman just goes, I didn't lose anything. I never lose anything. I don't lose. And then you're back here. I've been here before. That was fascinating. Did everyone see that? Or just, was that just me in my head? That was you in your head, but your anima did flare up. You got very shiny there, friend. Like if, if you were in a city and you did that, everyone would know you were an exalted because your, your, your anima went into full power. Basically, the, the image of your anima flowed around you and, uh, and suffused you and extended around you. Uh, and so you would have been revealed as what you truly are and exalted. But it, doesn't, it didn't show anyone else exactly what you saw, but it did. The image of the hand was in that it was in your anima for a moment. Like it went up into the image of the hand and then disappeared. I've been here before and you were here too, Dad. How long ago was I here? Uh, as you're looking at it, uh, Layleth, it was so long ago that th- this entire place was flat and much lower. So, question. When Lilith's anima flared up, did the hand react at all? Oh, that's a good question. Um, make a perception check. Okay. Just so roll your perception die. Perception is three. Target number is a two. Okay. And I got two above two. Okay. Uh as you say, as you basically are thinking that, and you turn and look to it, the hand is closed. Was it previously closed? No, it was open. Fingers? It, all, all except the missing pinky were open. The missing pinky was missing, obviously. Now it's closed, and you see it coming down. It's not pulling into the ground. It's like if you remember, if you've ever seen anyone get into a hand, an arm wrestling competition, it's like it's an arm and an arm wrestling competition that's bearing another arm down. That's what it's doing. It's coming down. And then it, with a, it's a deep, but surprisingly un. it's not a scaring. It's not a frightening sound. It doesn't sound like a hurricane, like an earthquake or anything like that. Just a, but as it goes, there's like a shock wave of dust that comes up and goes in all directions all the way to you. And you are like, you are easily like a couple of stadia away from this thing. And you still get some of the wind from its touchdown. Uh, um, with all the dust that has blown away, or uh, the land that has moved around it, has enough moved to where something else is now visible from below what was what originally the hand was showing? No, no, the hand is still basically the hand, and it's just it's just on an area. It didn't destroy the ground around it. It did disturb some dust, but the actual area is still intact. Birds flew away from it. Uh, and then you can actually hear some animals on, on hooves or feet coming away from it, but nothing like, it's not like a stampede. It's just that they were like, Oh, that's way too close. And they all just moved. Liz, do you want to go up and touch it? Me as Liz. That's exactly what I was thinking, but I'm not sure it's a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Lilith will walk up and just put her hand on the stone. Okay, that takes you a little while to get there. Cause it's okay. still, it's about a 10 minute movement. Okay. So as you guys are walking, you, you see the sunlight, the sun is coming up higher 
And as it does, the uh, stone, in your vision, this thing was obsidian and onyx, but it's made of white stone now. And you, as you're looking at it, anybody who's looking at it can make a roll on this. It would be perception and any skill you can think of that you th- that might be appropriate. Like if you can come up with a reason, go ahead and justify it however you want. Just tell me what you're going to use in addition to perception. I think I'm going to go with awareness. All right. I will also do perception and awareness. Perception and awareness. All right. What's my target? Just tell me, like, give me the rolls above five. And that means above, not including five. Four. I have four above five. Okay. One. Okay. Anybody else rolling anything? I've got three. Okay. Wait, I got two, actually. All right. That's that's Talia. Two. You got two. People who got two. That's definitely not. It's definitely white. It's reflecting. Mm. Um, Dax, however, notices something about it. He's like, it's not as bright and reflective as it would be if it was like white stone, like a granite or a chalk or something. There's something muted about the light reflection. But Cronai knows exactly what that is. That thing's made out of bone. That right. is a bone hand. In fact, it's not just bone. It's probably ivory or scrimshaw type bone. It's either from some kind of massive sea creature or some like the, the, the tusks of the, 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 the mammoth creatures, but an enormous amount of it. Like you don't know, you'd have to wipe out a species to make this much bone. I relay that to everybody. And can we roll to see how old the bone is? Rather than rolling, explain to me how you think you would be able to do that. Well, if it something had to have happened from the time it appeared as uh, onyx obsidian for it to be encased completely into bone. And That's true. For the massive size that it is, plus you know the amount of creatures that it would take to cover it, it had to have either been a timely process, or and if it is a timely process, then okay. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, Dax is not super intelligent. He's not a moron, right? But this is this is something okay. he has never studied in this life, and doesn't think he ever studied in any previous lives. Okay, for so from the fighter perspective, yeah, from the fighter perspective, that yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, but there's no way to know what did it for Dax. They just it isn't in Dax's wheelhouse. Okay, okay. However, Lilith has a chance to know. Okay. Because, and Dax realizes this, Layleth does weird magic stuff. So there you go. You can tell Layleth, hey, what? how did that happen? Layleth, how, <laughs> how did it, this happen? So what What would I roll for that? I'm going to say for that, you need intelligence plus a cult. Intelligence, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> nice. Ah. Same as before, above a five. Above, not at. Uh-huh. So six or above. I'll start using that formula so I don't get confusing. So that's five above. Oh, you know exactly what happened. You did it. You remember remember laying into this thing, the spells that once one of you died and was laid to rest inside of it, it would begin turning to bone. The bone in question is actually a a, a material known as dragonstone uh, from when the dragons lived. There, There are four elemental dragons that created the terrestrial exalted, but were allies to the solars for eons. And you evoked a magic that drew upon each of them in turn to transform this gigantic structure into bone, specifically 
Dragonbone. I I did this as an, an indication that we were laid to rest. And the you who's here now has absolutely no idea how to do that. Like, you remember doing it, but you don't understand the magic that you used. It's as far beyond any magic you've ever seen in your life as the magic you've seen in your life is above a fisherman briefly praying to harpoon like a, a seal and bring it aboard. Like, real magic is obviously much different than just hoping. But the magic you use to do this is as much above your magic now as your magic now is above just some person throwing a harpoon and going, please, please, water gods. It's just unbelievable to you. And yet you know you did it. This this magic is far, far beyond me. Nothing I have ever could do. But I I know I, I, I did this. You've now reached, uh, you're now within touching range of it. It is, uh, it's like a solid 110 foot wall of bone. Polished. Yes. Very bright, but not as bright as it would be if it were stone. And strangely aromatic. It smells very faintly of water. Perhaps it was the bones of a great sea creature. I'm just kind of like I'm saying this aloud while I'm thinking about it. And I reach out with my hand, you know, kind of fingers splayed and like reach out and touch it to see if I sense anything. Okay. Everybody standing there sees Lilith just disappear. <laughs> Where'd she I go? What? I'm sorry, Dax. I want to. I want to go up and hit it. It took her, so I want to okay. hit it now. If Layla, if Dax does that, Dax disappears. I just stoically move forward, put my hand on it. Okay. Uh, um, Coronized also disappears. Talia's the <sighs> only one left outside. Talia sighs deeply, takes a look around at the very lovely areas they're still in, and goes up and touches the bone. Okay. Uh, from Layla's perspective, for one moment, uh, they were touching this statue and the next moment you're inside a very large, uh, torch lit chamber, uh, probably a few hundred feet across by yourself. And then Dax appears and like, is, is shaking his hand going, whatever he would say. Uh, then after that, Coronai simply just appears. And finally, uh, Talia appears after that and you're all now standing in this uh not torches more like braziers um there's there's like 20 or so of them in the area it's a gigantic circle and they're arranged in such a way as to try and cast light about as much of it as possible you can only see the walls faintly from here and there are approximately 70 bodies in relative stages of not being alive scattered amongst the uh area what do the bodies positioning look like they're just they're dead they've crumpled over uh some of them are so old that you can just barely get an idea others are fresh like about 30 feet ahead of you there's three dead people that look relatively fresh like maybe within a year or so uh all three of them have have wounds on their bodies that match the weapons that the others are carrying one of them is clearly stabbed another one of them in the stomach uh third one has a hatchet embedded in his head that's still being held by another. Uh, the third one has a couple of arrow wounds. So are any of the bodies like laid out as though they would have been put here as part of like a funerary, right? Or are they just, are all of the bodies just scattered like they've fallen or been killed at this place? The only ones that you can see well enough from this perspective is the one I just described. The rest mm -hmm. are too far away in dim light. You'd have to actually move up to them. 
or I mean, you could you can make a perception check if you've got like a, an ability to increase your perception in some way. Like if your character has uh, and it has a uh, excellency for say perception or what have you. Talia immediately uh, turns around once the smell hits her or the view and maybe smell hit her and tries to go back out the wall. The wall is hundreds of feet from you. There's no wall here. You appeared in the center of a room. Starts striding towards it very determinedly. Okay. Uh, as you're striding, you begin coming. You're literally coming across other bodies. Um, you should probably make a perception plus awareness as you go by them. You're looking for a target number of four or above. Um, yep. I just heard yup. I didn't hear a number. Oh, sorry. Um, so my my numbers were like my lowest number was four. So you've gotten how many successes total? Because I don't know how many dice you rolled. Six. Sorry. Okay. I should have um, that. Some of the bodies are literally so old that their clothes have rotted off of them and their flesh has rotted off of them and they're basically just skeletons with some metal on them. Those are extremely hard to tell what killed them. Uh, but one of them is wearing the uh, orichalicum armor that would most likely belong to a solar. And as you step to that body... You're like, no, this didn't belong to a solar. This was a wedding gift. And you remember giving it. This was a wedding gift to your mate, Lisan, who was a lunar. And you're like, why is, why do I know that? Who was, I don't know who Lisan was, but you remember that armor. You remember giving it. Talia um, slows down and starts staring at it thoughtfully. Very, very, very quiet. And as you're doing that, it, it comes to you not as a memory, but as a story that you could tell. Like, you can imagine yourself performing the tragedy of Lesara and Lathan. And you're like, Lathan? Who was Lathan? Was I Lathan? And how they met, how they didn't like each other at all. Uh, they married for dynastic purposes. Lathan was given the... Moon silver dieclave, uh, a huge, powerful weapon that required essence to attune to, uh, and in return gave this armor. And over the hundreds of years of the marriage, it went from just uh, an alliance, essentially, just a thing to keep order in the old realm, to someone who became like your closest friend outside of your circle, because only this person knew as knew you as well, to someone you actually felt deep affection for you were never lovers you didn't like you that wasn't the way it was you weren't interested in that at all but you were more than friends like you you got to the point where you would probably have died for them and that and then you realize and they did die for you like that's why they're there and this is all memories and in, in it's memories but it's like moment. in story form it's like your okay. t- it's like you can actually imagine you see the face of an old wizened woman nothing like you not that you even know if what face is your original face anymore telling you this story like you would be telling it to other people and you know that that's you but it's not you it's just the part of you that is exalted is the part that was in that person last and it's now in you and and with it it carries along the memories of that life but you're still the person you were before like before the exaltation, you're a different, so you're different, but you're, you know, that's you think of yourself as one of the doctor who's regenerations. If it makes it easier. Okay. That makes me ask my, my friends, this, this was lunar. This was a lunar that I knew. 
Let me tell you the tale. Wait, no, we may not have come, but I knew this one. Actually, Cornice, as as uh, Talia says that, you remember them because okay. you know Lathan would Lathan would have always been around, and you were always there, spying on people, watching them, reporting back to your circle. That was the kind of thing you did. You were interested. You were definitely curious, and you realize as you're saying this that you had feathers. You remember them. You were one of the uh, the dragon kings, chosen by the sun and turned into a creature of night, just as you have been now. Mm-hmm. And you remember you remember a conversation where he would you know he would talk about you know plucking your you know plucking your feathers, and you'd be like you'd have to catch me, and I don't see that happening. And you, as you're remembering this, it just feels like the 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 time is completely gone, and then it's back. You're back here. You're now. And that's why you hear the grinding of some gigantic gears. I see if I can pin down where the, uh, the gears are coming from. You know, the check, uh, six or above. Yep. I'm just trying to grab the dice. Four. If you were the person you were before you exalted, you would not be able to tell despite how good you were at what you do. You would not have been able to figure this out, but, with the memories of your past life and with the power of the sun changing you, you're like, this entire area is descending. We're going down. Something is moving us down. All right. I will relay that. Uh, as as uh, Coronai says that, there's a... <sighs> and you all feel the stop. As a result, you're aware that the intact bodies, the more recent ones, are getting up. Around 30 of them. The Oracalcum armored body does not get up because it is one of the oldest bodies here. Uh, Anything that is no longer physically intact uh, does not get up, but anything that has any shreds of flesh left on it gets up. How far are they from all of us? None of them are particularly close to you because they're, you know, it's a very large room, but they could reach you. Uh, They're approximately between 150 feet, I will say. Is the room still... We, we know that something stopped, but is the room still dim where we can't tell or make a sense of any difference in the structure around us? It's currently still dim, but those braziers are getting brighter. Talia um, is considering trying to talk to them, since clearly one of them is a familiar soul, even though he's not the one rising. Um, would that be a manipulation and socialize? Yes. That's me. You're looking for a seven or above okay. for your target. So I rolled 90, 10, and four of those are. So Talia says, friends, family, are you well? I'm sorry. I didn't hear the number you got of successes. Sorry. I got four successes out of nine. Okay. Um, hopefully I'll stop hitting the wrong button so you can actually hear me talking. Um, for the four successes, they actually all turn to regard you because, you know, here you are uh, a chosen of the sun in this place. They stop. And then you notice the ones that are too rotten or deteriorated to get up. There's still forms, shadowy figures that are revealing themselves. Now that you've said that um, you have a charm that would have allowed you to see them, but now they're, they're showing themselves. And one of them is, is Lathan, uh, who is, Looks at you. Not but there. Hello, mate. Why did you come? I don't honestly know. 
We are seeking. Where is the... And he turns, and as he sees um, Cronice, there's a flicker of something, maybe a smile, it's hard to tell. In life, Lathan's favorite form was apparently some kind of mixed bear alligator thing. Um, you're not sure, but it has elements of both. But still, it manages to grin. Not an entirely comforting grin, because it's full of really big, sharp crocodilian teeth. Um, but still, it's, it's a grin. And he says, ah, you return as well. Turns out I never did catch you with those feathers. And now I have no feathers to pluck. Your chambers lie all around waiting for your return. If you are not worthy of who you were, you will die. But I will tell these that they may allow you to pass in memory of what you were to me. And it sort of shrivels in into itself. And the moving corpses kind of stiffen and back away, moving towards the walls. And when they reach the walls, they turn so that they're facing the walls and literally push themselves face first into the walls so that they can't see you. As this has been going on, the room has been getting steadily brighter. And now you can see five passages, five doorways set into the walls, um, each about 100 feet or so away from the other, each going down a tunnel. One of the tunnels is collapsed. Right. Yeah. Kneels well. briefly to press a, a, her fingers to her mask and then to the armor. The uh, armor has something in it, a large stone. There's also a space for another, but that stone is not present. It had Do two... I need to roll to touch it? No, you don't need to roll. Uh, you remember giving this to him. This armor was made by by uh, Layleth's previous life for him as the wedding gift that you gave. Can I remove the stone? You could, uh, or but you know that this stone is gives its essence to the armor. You could take the armor as well. This armor has no use to me. Is one of you interested in wielding it in his name? Put it on. Can I put it on? Uh, you can try. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Sorry, the the thing that has the actual gear stuff is not where I was looking for it to be. It's always fun when the GM says, you can try. Yeah, I'm going to take that. Walk, I want to walk over and carefully pick up the armor with both hands and... Does it look like it would fit me if I put it on? I am a very big person. Uh, you're smaller than this armor. Oh, okay. Uh, the the lunar mate was roughly nine and a half feet tall. Um, and you don't think that will be a problem in terms of putting it on, though? Okay. And is it is it mostly just a chest piece? It's a ceremonial chest piece with both uh, what you'd call bracers and greaves. There's no there's like a skirt that comes down that's also made of orichalcum. And the chest plate is covered in whorls and symbols um, from the first age, which you don't quite recognize, but you, you know some of them are pretty obvious. Like that's the sun. The various marks of each of the so of the solar casts, like your own dawn cast mark, uh, the twilight cast mark, they're all there. All five of them are around the two central locations for the stones to be implanted. One of the stones is missing. The other stone is still present. So having fought a wide variety of opponent. Would I have ever seen anything similar to this? Dax, the person standing there right now, has never seen anything like this. Okay. The solar exaltation inside of you has definitely seen this because this is solar armor. This is orichalcum. It was made by a solar smith and magician. Uh, you don't know that it was made by Lalith, but Lalith is recognizing it. Um, 
it is, it would have been worn. It was more ceremonial than for war, but that doesn't mean much to the ancient solars because the ancient solars didn't have to fight all that much anymore. And their powerful weapons and armor were made prettier and prettier as time went on. Uh, just because why could why not? Why not look good? You can do anything you want. You're the princes of creation. You're the masters of the world. Why not have your armor and weapons look as cool as possible? So that's pretty much what that is. It is pretty solid armor. You you don't know. You'd have to attune to it. You'd have to attune like two modes of essence to it to get the full effect of it, um, which would take you a couple of hours. Okay. Uh, but, before I put it on for good, I want to look at the rest of the group and ask anyone else want to try? No, not my style. No. Understand you're carrying his wild spirit with you, even though the armor itself is missing an important piece. I do enjoy a challenge, and I want to start putting the armor on. Okay. Uh, it's made to it's made to resize itself. So as you're putting it on, it adapts to fit you. I uh, want to move around a little bit, see if anything happens. Is any 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 noticeable change in my body or anima happening? Well, you, again, you had to m- devote two motes of personal essence. Uh, okay. So it it's very light. Like it doesn't have the massive weight you expected it to have. Just gonna take a few swings in the air, and then um, how does the how does this? Where do I mark the uh, motes spent? To you start currently have it should have under essence. Uh, you should have personal two. essence of seventeen. Okay. And you would take two out of that, and that would now you have fifteen, and two of it's going into this. What okay. you get out of it is, and two artifacts effectively for wearing this that are combined into the one item. One of them is called the God Kicking Boot. Um, heavy boots shod with plates of a magical material rather than iron or steel. The God Kicking Boots are always worn as a pair. They do not have Hearthstone settings because the Hearthstone settings in the armor. Uh, but you get. Plus one accuracy, plus eight bashing damage, m- minus one to your defense. Um, you need to be, have at least strength two and dex two to wear them. You've successfully attuned them, so that's what those are. Those add up; they add to the to your attacks with your feet. Um, you also get the effects of Smash Fists, which is a speed six, uh, damage plus six B, uh, no defense penalty. Um, Strength two need, and you've already attuned them. So yeah, those you get as well. And smash fists can hit immaterial. The smash fists effect of this armor can hit immaterial beings. So if you're fighting ghosts, you can punch ghosts and they will be hurt. You also get double damage to any inanimate object you're attacking. So if you punch a door when you're done doing your damage roll for it, you double the effect. Otherwise, they have the same stats as a set of super heavy armor, but without the weight or fatigue penalties. So they add plus two uh, to you know soak to any damage you take, like that's physical, like, like a slashing or or bashing or what have you. Uh, weapons, arrows, you know, clubs, axes, whatever that kind of thing. They wouldn't add you soak against magic. But they don't add any fatigue. They don't add a mobility penalty. But you have to keep the two motes of essence permanently dedicated here. As long as the you, you as long as you're wearing this and using it, uh, you can only have 15 instead of 17 of personal anima. Going to keep it on. Okay. But that's what that is. Also, you do feel strangely like 
uh, you feel very, it does feel odd. Like you do have a passenger, but not something that's actually controlling you or even talking to you. Just like you're in the presence of the, the person who died wearing it. Can I roll to get a better sense? Would that be wits perception? Uh, sure. Um, wits plus awareness or perception plus awareness? I'm going to say wits plus. Okay. You already received that it's there. Okay. Uh, wits plus awareness uh, is... Target number above. of six or above. Okay. One success. No, sorry, two success. You, you're pretty sure it's this. It's the. It's not the the ghost you saw before, but it's the it's the exaltation of that being. I want to say out loud to everyone: there's something with me, a power, a presence. You think he, it's the? It's literally inside the Hearthstone. It's the thing that makes you able to use this device without devoting more more moats to it. It's basically that being's essence. I'm going to point to the stone and say just two words. It's that. Would Talia be aware of this since she's familiar with the armor? I mean, you know that the hearthstone exists. You don't know why that would be what's going on with it, but you know, you weren't the kind of person who crafted those things. Okay. Lalith might from their previous life, but Lalith, you recognize the armor, but you don't like, you know, you're like, Ooh, that looks interesting, but you don't know why you feel that way. Could I make a roll to see if I get sure. something, something? Let's say occult plus perception. Yeah, occult plus perception is nine. Target nice. six. Target six, six or above. Uh, seven. The way that the hearthstones and the armor originally worked, um, someone on the brink of death could choose to sacrifice their all their remaining essence and empower it. It was kind of a way to get around death. Because while they themselves wouldn't survive it, they would die. If they were an exalted, their exaltation would go into the hearthstone. What you what that armor has inside of it is the, if you took that hearthstone out and and destroyed it, the exaltation would immediately go into a new person, a new life. And one of the stones is missing from the armor. That's correct. I will relate this to the rest of the group. Possibly in excessive technical detail that I've remembered. Yep. If you want to roleplay that, go for it. Otherwise, we'll point out that the room is now brightly lit. There are five doors, one of which has a collapsed tunnel beyond it, and the other four don't. Uh, and that's where you guys are. So since Dax wouldn't understand uh, most of what Lilith is saying, um, would, the, would he basically understand find the other stone? Yeah, it's not that complicated. Okay. This thing has a magic rock in it. There should be two magic rocks. One of them is missing. Let's go find us that magic rock. Is it possible the mag- Is it possible the was it a hearthstone or a heart heart stone? Hearthstone. They're called Hearthstone. Is it possible it could have already been destroyed by something? Possible. That could mean that the contained exaltation has been taken by someone else. Let's find this stone. Fits here. I would just like to like close my eyes. And pick just a random direction, whichever direction feels right to walk into, which could be, I don't know if I would have any sense of this, but I'm going to just try to think, okay, which, what is the right direction? And then go that direction. Okay. Um, Is anybody else doing anything while they see Lilith do this? I want to follow close behind her. Kurnai? Yeah, might as well follow. Okay, Talia? All righty. I'm going to make a roll for you. Okay. All right. 
you begin walking and find yourself going to what you believe is the northernmost passageway. Oh, it's really kind of hard to tell. You don't really know where north is from here. Um, but you're pretty sure that that's the direction you just went. And you are now in a tunnel of smooth, polished bone. This bone smells different. It smells like peat and mm. soil and, you know, the, the, the deep places of the earth. And an image of dragons, the, the elemental dragons, just one by one kind of circling or images of them circling appears in your mind. You're just full formed and then that's it. You don't know why you thought about that. The tunnel goes on for quite some time. Uh, Kornai, your senses are sufficient that at one point you know there's a trap ahead. All right. I will see if I can pinpoint the trap and then uh, disarm it. Okay. Per- perception and awareness. Yep. Just grabbing me dice. Difficulty seven. Uh, four successes seems to be the okay. number of my, uh, my, my day today. Four successes is sufficient because it's very hard to find. I guess most people would not be able to even conceive of finding this thing, but you do because you put it here. In fact, you trapped this entire hallway. And as you were going down it, this first trap reminds you the next trap, which is in the wall, then the ceiling, then the floor again. Then there's a spike trap that would have just opened the floor. And wow, that one, you were really proud of that. And then you're in the new chamber, just as you would you would expect to be. And you remember very vividly carrying the the somewhat worse for wear body of the being who is now Talia into this room, arming more traps as you went up the dice and placing her body in that giant stone sarcophagus. Maybe mm-hmm. you remember that quite carefully. Uh, then you remember drinking poison. Interesting. And that's where the memory cuts off. Uh, when I snap back to reality, I actually don't say anything to anybody, um, but I will start disabling the traps and uh, moving forward. You, you're all watching Cor and I do this. Uh, some of these traps, you guys can't even believe Cor and I found. Like They're like, what? how did you even know that was there? Uh, and some of them are so sophisticated that even, Leleth, you have, even the memory of you doesn't remember how, like, there's no way in your experience, making a trap like that should be impossible. None of them seem to use magic and yet Mm. they're all incredibly wicked and terrifying. One of them literally just injects a tiny little spike with a little bit of venom from a small mammal with a, with like a beak. And yet Coronai assures you this would kill every single one of us. If it, if it got into our bodies, kill them dead immediately, practically no way to survive this. Maybe even with exaltation. And as you say that, Coronai, you remember drinking it. And you know you survived long enough to do something. See if I can figure out what that is at some point. I'm sure there's more uh, more memory enhancement coming in the future. But you're now standing in the dice. You've disarmed everything. Uh, one of them went off, but you managed to keep the flame jet from, from actually getting out and hitting you in the face. Just like in the moment where you realize, oh, that was bad. You pushed it forward. And it went forward and didn't get you. You're like, whew, okay, that was close. Past me was a little bit better than current me. But you got it. You're All of them are disarmed now. All right. And then uh, I will find the, I'm assuming the body's on the dais. What body? Yours? Yeah. No, it's not there. You're positive that you drank it knowing it would not kill you immediately because you were exalted. It would kill you, but not immediately. You, you distinctly remember thinking, and the, this exact phrase, 
all right, you bastards, come and get me. And that's it for your memory at the moment. Interesting. Talia, even though you weren't alive for this, you know you're in there. Talia is is very, very fortunate around the room. Well, you're in the room with the sarcophagus. What are you all doing? Is there anything else in the room or is there any markings on the wall or is it still just smooth bone? Um, there's statuary in the room. Uh, one of them, one of them is you, the you, you remember, uh, breastplate and leggings, uh, not a breastplate as armor. Just, you had some kind of garb on your, on your chest and you had like leggings and you had like a kind of long flowing skirt around the waist. Uh, you were imposing. Your arms were thick, muscular. Uh, there's a smithing hammer in one of your hands and what looks like a cloud of butterflies in the other. And as you're looking at it, you realize the cloud of butterflies is not physically attached to the statue. It's a cloud of stone or bone butterflies kind of just floating in the in the air above the hand. I want to reach out and touch one of the butterflies. It's a butterfly. It's, it is currently always moving. When you touch it, oh. it keeps moving unless you force it to stop. And then it just kind of vibrates until you let go and it goes back and it starts moving again. She just kind of stares at that sort of mesmerized with a little smile. Okay. Uh, Dax or Coronis or Talia, what are you guys doing? Dax wants to walk up closer to the center of the dais, not touching anything, but walk around the circle of the star- stone sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you do that, uh, one statue catches your eye. It's a it's a naked woman very like imposing like way more than the the other statue this one's just ropey muscle and matted hair uh and the fact that it's in a bone statue form doesn't change the fact that it's got like dreadlocks and the hair actually comes down and covers most of the body it's still naked but you can't see much through the the massive dreadlocked mess of hair uh carrying two absolutely huge swords each one of them would require two hands for most people. Can I walk up to the, mm-hmm. the statue? It's kind of like guarding the way up. Can I make an observation around uh, the swords? Uh, tell me what you want to know, because you did, they're right there. Um, do the swords look like they move out of the hand? If the no, there's 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 carvings. These are not okay. actual swords. Maybe not carvings. It might have been shaped. You don't know how this got here, but mm-hmm. it is one piece of bone slash stone. Do I get? A sense of familiarity from the statue. You recognize that face. It is nothing like the face you have now, but you saw it in the mirror thousands of times. You know that that's you. And at the same time, not you. Because you remember things about that person that are not things you would do. Like, you don't enjoy violence for no reason. Like, you like humbling bullies and take and taking the arrogant people down a peg. This person lived to kill. I don't want to now take a step back just in not quite fear, but a mixture of disgust and. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you know, this person as intimately as yourself. And yet you have no desire to know this person. Mm -mm. You don't ever want to become, be that person again. Nope. 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 Walking away. Okay. Uh, While that's going on, Coronai or Talia. I'm just kind of observing at this point. Talia is fixated on the sarcophagus and you can't obviously you can't see her face but there is tension radiating off of her she is scared all right um with that talia we're going to be doing something called an opposed check cool your 
wits. Roll your wits. Uh, just what? tell me. Just roll me and tell me if you get above uh, five and how many above fives you get. Just your wits. Uh, three rolls, all above. Okay. Unfortunately, as good as that is, it is insufficient um, because they rolled much better. You cannot stop yourself from moving up the dais. Everybody else has one action to decide what to do about it. But you see Talia walk up to the sarcophagus and begin to put her hand on it. Give me a second here. Is this like, um, like Disney sleeping beauty, you know, mesmerized trying to put her hand on the spinning needle or is this, she is actively fighting it. You're not willingly doing this. You are aware that you're doing it not willingly and it doesn't feel like your memories are prompting you to do it. How far away are they from me? You were on the dais taking up traps, correct? Yeah. Possibly 10 feet then. So they're heading towards me. They walked past you. They are literally, in the time that it took you to be disarming some traps, uh, Talia walked up to the sarcophagus and is now about to put her hand on it. And they are 10 feet away. Uh, Make a, quickly, a, uh, I'm going to say perception plus charisma check. Interesting. Because you need to be able to feel a specific something. And you want a five or above. One moment. One, two, three, four, five above five. The sarcophagus isn't the source of this. And you don't know. It's a, Immediately you don't know how you know. But then you actually, like, your ability triggers. Uh, you have an ability to see um, invisible spirits and sense them. You have another ability that allows you to sense them. Uh, the ability you have that allows you to sense them flares, and and uh, I believe it's like two modes of your personal uh, essence are spent instinctively. And you look up and you see a tattered, ragged thing in red and black cloth with a cracked mirror for a face pulling strings and pushing uh, Talia towards the sarcophagus like a marionette would marionette would be pushed by the puppeteer. So then I will use my reflexive sidestep technique to respond to the ambush trap or other, other effect. Um, and basically try to pull Talia away. Okay. Um, Talia, you will need to resist this, but you're at a disadvantage because not literally not D and D disadvantage, but you're at a disadvantage because you didn't, you, you're not currently thinking. So you're going to make a straight up, um, I believe it's, I have to go up now and look for it. Yeah, it's a straight up dexterity check on your part versus dexterity plus um, reflexes. Brawl. Okay, yeah, reflexes. Dexterity plus reflexes on the behalf of or do- uh, Coronize. It's, it's dodge plus dexterity. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, dexterity plus dodge from Coronize versus straight dexterity from uh, the, the target is a seven for Talia, but a four for Coronize. Who knows more about what's going on? Seven out of ten, then for me. Okay, uh, um, that's you automatically can't succeed against that, Talia. Okay. The most successes you can get is three. Um, you are pulled away before you can touch it. As that happens, the creature floating above, which is now also visible to to Lalith, because I believe Lalith also has the ability to see them. Spirit um, detecting glance. Yeah. Now you see that thing too as it shrieks. And attempts to attack everyone with a with a charm. So we'll see what we've got here. All right. So do I, is, get, hmm? 
I think I also need to spend essence to activate that. Yes. Okay. That but it can be personal or peripheral. Personal or peripheral. Yeah, if you spend peripheral essence, basically your your anima flares up. But if people here see your anima flare up, they're not going to care. Okay. And I have a lot more peripheral, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Everybody needs to make a charisma plus wits check. Uh, difficulty six. If you succeed, um, there are good things. Uh, what plus wits? Charisma plus plus wits. Zero successes for Dax. Oh, no. Okay. Back to the but normal. Four, four successes here. Okay. Uh, Liz uh, and Liz, too. What, what was the target? Six. Six. That's three. Okay. So far, so good for, for everybody except Dax. Uh, Talia? Sorry. Five successes out of six. Okay. Yeah, then you're fine. Uh, there's a feeling of, like, razor blades and, you know, just every painful thing you've ever experienced in your life kind of happening all at once. Uh, Dax, you've experienced more painful things than the rest of the group put together. Uh, and you just, you are completely incapable of taking an action right now. You can do nothing. You also take two levels of damage. Uh, if you look at your health levels, uh, basically you take two of them, which for you, I don't believe is really much of anything. Uh, you you would need to lose a lot more before you actually even get a penalty. Okay. Um, the, the numbers under the boxes. Yeah. So you're at minus one from that. Okay. 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 But... You do actually have ways to deal with that, but for right now you can't use them. So yeah, that's that's it for you for the moment. I will just um, stand there grimacing in pain, trying yeah. not to shout. And for everybody else, uh, we're going to do, to basically roll the old uh, battle test, which I need to look up and make sure I'm telling <laughs> you the right thing because I haven't done this in a while. Um, but basically, you would roll two two abilities together. I'm going to go up and make sure I'm giving you the right abilities to roll. I haven't played this game in several years, guys. So. I apologize. All right. We are in the order of attraction. Your joint battle pool is wits plus awareness. Everybody rolls wits plus awareness. Uh, since there's three of you, you will already be adding three successes to this roll. Um, and the target number here is a five. So roll your wits plus awareness, uh, add three successes to the roll, and then tell me how many successes you have. Seven successes eight. for Talia. Seven for Talia. For Okay, seven for Talia, eight for Layla. How many for Coronai? Ten. Okay, Coronai, you're going first. Uh, then Layla, then Talia. Uh, um, Dax, you should still roll because it'll be what you use next round. So roll uh, your wits plus awareness, add three successes, and tell me the successes. You won't be going this round, but... Eight. Okay, so you're going um, just... When you get to go, you'll be going at the same time as Layla. Okay. And we'll just let Lalith go first because that's how we work. Uh, all right. Coronai, you're up first. The uh, ghostly figure is floating in the air above you. Uh, yep. Give me a second here. I'm looking through my things. I have a question. I have an ability that costs 15 sorcerous motes and mm -hmm. one willpower. Yep. What would that What would that take off of my character? You notice that if you look at the sorcery heading, it explains that you'd use, to, you'd use a ritual to gather sorcerous motes. Uh-huh. Um, you'd start doing that, and you'd make a occult roll, occult plus, I believe, awareness. No, occult plus intellect roll every round, and the amount of successes you got against difficulty five would be the amount of source of sorcerous motes you gather. What is uh, withering attacks? 
that's an attack you make to drain initiative from the thing you're attacking instead of actually damaging it. You roll it just like a normal attack. You make the attack roll using your uh, the proper your dex plus if it's melee or throwing or what have you. Um, then when you roll the successes, you reduce their initiative by one for every success, and you gain one or more initiative based on how many how many successes you got. This basically will mean that you will be able to roll even higher in the roll in the order, and more importantly, they will be they will be attacking lower in the order. All right. So if I wanted to do that, so that I can make sure that everybody else gets to go before they do, mm-hmm. um, I have an ability here. Uh, uh, Think of it as like a setup attack for another attack you're going to do later, or someone else is going to do. Yeah, I'm basically going to th- how it works. I'm going to throw one of my. Uh, my daggers uh, for precision of the striking raptor. I can okay. spend one moat, the dice pool, for one of my withering attacks is calculated as if it was made at close range. Uh, yep. So it's dexterity plus thrown plus four. Okay. So let me go ahead and do that. So dexterity is five, four, five. Uh, thrown is five, so that's ten. So 14. So you almost did need the 20. Uh, your target number is five to hit this thing. That's the, the that's the difficulty. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you now have twenty on the initiative, which puts you way up. Um, it now has negative two on initiative, which doesn't happen; it goes to zero. Uh, but that means that it wouldn't be going uh, at the same in the same round as Lalith and Dax, who isn't going this round anyway. But so yeah, that's you throw the the knife. You actually bounce it off of a couple of statue heads, and even though this thing is an immaterial ghost creature, uh, you still hit it because you invoked the raptor ability and your essence swirled in around it. Where did you draw the anima from? Your person, do personal or peripheral? Uh, peripheral. Okay, so your your anima banner flares up as purple swirling knives all around you, and it's actually not the knife you threw that hits it. It's one of your anima knives. Like as you're throwing it, it bounces, 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 goes through the thing, and the thing like, you know, does a ghostly chuckle type thing, and then one of your anima knives just swoops in and goes thwonk right into the back of its head, and it it seizes up. Its initiative drops, and now, uh, Lalith, you see this happening as you're up. Okay, so I want to cast a spell. I need 15 sorcerer's motes. So does that mean I'm like spending however many turns it takes me to get the 15 motes? That is correct. Or you could okay. theoretically convert. You can convert your personal peripheral motes to sorcerer's motes if you'd rather not wait. But that will mean that they're spent. Um, no, I'm going to. I'm going to wait. I have pretty good. Uh, so it's. You need I'm a five or int- above for a success. Okay, I'm rolling intelligence plus a cult, which is pretty good. Okay. I have six successes, so I okay. have six sorcerer's motes. That's correct. Okay, and that's all I can do. Uh, you, there's spell? one thing. There's one thing you can do right now. Mm-hmm. Since you are a sorcerer, you can do a stunt, which will require you to make a roll. Um, describe to me how the visions that you, as a sorcerer, see when you sleep pertain to this moment. If you can do that and then successfully roll, you will have had a portentous dream in the night about this moment, and you can basically just give yourself double. Like you'll have twice as many sorcerer's modes. 
Okay, so I was going to cast the spell Death of Obsidian Butterflies, and I've just seen this statue of my former self with these butterflies, and I'm recalling these dreams that I've had where I've where with these butterflies that I never really understood, these stone butterflies hurling through the air, and I'd like to call on that memory, and I don't I don't necessarily know how to do this exactly, but I suddenly have memories of having done this. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll, I'm going to say, intel- intelligence plus occult. Intelligence plus occult. And because uh, that's a reasonably good answer, your target number is a four. Wow, I rolled really badly. Okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, uh, multiply six by four. Six by four. Okay, that is a lot. So that gives me 24. Yes. Okay. So you now have 24 sorceress modes. And so that means I can, can I cast the spell on the same turn that I've gathered the modes? You will need to make a check. You will need three successes to do it because you had to do something else this round first. So in addition to the the difficulty will go up to a five and you need at least three successes for this to even happen. Okay, is that, uh, again, intelligence plus occult? I'm going to say for this, it's actually awareness plus occult. Uh, awareness plus occult, that is... Uh, no, that's just... Uh, that's one dice less. Okay. At what was the target again? A five. Four successes again. And that's what you needed to make it happen. Uh, so, Death of Obsidian Butterflies. I don't remember how much damage it does. Let me find it again. Uh, yeah, I should have kept this open. Uh, a decisive attack applied to all enemies in a line out to medium range, wide enough to strike all opponents with a single range band and high enough to strike aerial opponent, blah, blah, blah. Enemies may apply parry against this attack, but not evasion. The attack has a raw damage equal to their threshold success plus one and does not reset them to base initiative. Uh, which is good, because otherwise this thing would have gone back to its normal initiative this round, but oh. it doesn't now. Uh, do, 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 do. Roll your occult plus perception, and you want your essence adds, since you have one essence, one actual essence, not the peripheral or, or personal, that adds plus one to your accuracy, which lowers the, dip, the target to a four. So go ahead and roll perception plus occult uh, with a target of four for success. Perception nine. Nine. Okay, remind me what the success is. I'm trying to keep too many things four. in my brain. Target number is four. One, three, four, five, six successes. What's your willpower? Uh, my willpower is... That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Uh, the obsidian butterflies, like your hand starts to shake and then bursts, but doesn't, like it doesn't burst your hand, just the anima comes out of your hand. And this is, since it's neither personal nor peripheral, your anima doesn't flare, but the entire room shifts because you are altering reality. You are creating these things and they go flying up. And this thing's immaterial, but that's immaterial to you at this moment. You literally just cast like a storm of these things and they flow out of your hand and into this thing back and forth through it, tearing and ripping and slashing at it. Amazingly, it's still there after you're done, but it it's like pieces of the, the essence of this creature are floating away from it. It's like you've actually carved away most of its soul. More importantly, the mask on its face falls off and breaks as it hits the floor. And there's a loud roaring sound when that happened. But that's it for Lalith. 
Lalith is just kind of panting, like from the power this costs to draw on. Yep. And uh, Talia, you're up. Okay. So um, I- I'm torn between two options. Can Talia use her motive discerning technique to uh, try to get the intentions of the spirit? Yeah, I- probably. Okay, so that takes three modes. Yeah, and it can be personal or peripheral. I'll use um, peripheral. Okay. Um, and that applies double nines to a read intention, read intention action. Okay. Um, so what do I need to do for read intention? Uh, that's perception plus, uh, I'm going to say charisma. Okay, so that's six dice for me, and then I get two nines on top. Yep. Uh, the difficult is, difficulty here is a four. It is not trying very hard to conceal itself. Okay, I got six successes then of the okay my six dice plus the two nines. So of the six dice, you got four successes, and the two nines added two more, or you got eight successes. I had I had four successes of my six rolls plus okay. the two. So you have six total. All right. Uh, you realize that this thing is not the exaltation of the being who was you before, because that's in you. This is everything that was left. This is the human who hosted that exaltation. This is the woman who was murdered and lost everything, lost their mate, lost their circle, lost everything. And the power that's animating it is pure death. Some being of darkness and death has offered it another chance. And it's now, here as this it was attempting to get you to touch the sarcophagus so it could take your body i presume it does not mean nice things once it takes my body (laughs) i mean you'll be dead it might who knows what it would do after that uh it's not thinking about that its motivation is to take your body thus killing you and thus returning it to some form of life well is very fond of living so she uh she is displeased at this concept but that's you so um and is that my action or what if you try you can theoretically do something else it's called flurrying when you do you have a penalty to your roles basically you have to get more successes and the target numbers are higher but you could theoretically do something else now i will i will leave it at that and talia dramatically shouts to my to her comrades she's trying to take my body and kill me Okay, and now since it was its, it's uh, initiative was reduced to zero, it finally gets to go. Uh, it was going to kill the annoying, bouncing around, <laughs> spotted person, but then butterflies hit it, and it really didn't like the butterflies. Um, so it turns and attempts. You're going to need wits plus charisma. Okay. And I'll tell you how many successes you end up needing. Not many. Uh, you need two successes. Uh, target number five. Wits plus charisma? Yep. It's the force of your being versus the force of this thing's being. Okay. And what's the target number? Five. That's four. Four is more than enough. Uh, you feel it try something. Like, try to... You think it tried to do to you what it was trying to do to Talia, but you weren't... This being didn't hold your exaltation. It held Talia's. So you don't have much trouble fighting at all. You just like, you make a gesture in the air and it just doesn't happen. You know, like, you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, 
you know, you definitely picked the wrong person to try that on. And the order now switches around to Coronai, who's way up there at 20-something. Coronai, what are you doing? Let me see what else I have. Give me a second. Okay. Sure. Uh, let's do a joint wounding attack, because why not? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to do anything. Oh. Well, I don't really have much I can do, aside from another precision, I guess. Um, everything else is physical. Hmm. Guess I'll just do the same thing again. Okay. That seemed to work well last time. I mean, you can do damage to it. It's just that hitting its joints isn't going to do anything because it's a floating thing. It doesn't need its joints to do anything. Yeah, I guess I'll, I mean, I'll just try to do damage to it then. Um, I guess I'll just throw something at it. Okay. Uh, what's my target? Oh, you need uh, four or more successes. I mean, four or more on the die. Seven. Because I throw another dagger. All right. Uh, I believe your damage is based on your knife throw. Should be nine damage. Yep. Is it plus seven or nine? Yeah. Um, the knife arcs through the air, and this time it goes through the body. And when it comes out, it's carrying something on a chain. And it pulls the chain literally through the ghostly material of this being. And as it does, the being, like, it's like compressing in on itself and there's like twitching and screeching and then it's like it's being like pulled into a vacuum somehow and it just boom it's gone and a large onyx stone pulsing with essence hits the uh floor where it was well i look uh look down and i'll look over at uh our compatriot who has done the armor wasn't the armor missing a stone yeah, Dax, you're you're coming out of what happened, and that's you're looking around for the thing that just hurt you, and you know, Coronai holds out a stone to you. Yep. At, so at this point, I am I free to move? Yeah, the okay. combat's over. Can Dax see what everyone else is? Yeah, you were you were just unable to do anything. You weren't like okay. blind. Okay. Um, do, I just make a motion that says throw it to me and cat. I'll catch it. It's not a problem for you to catch it because you are an exalted. I'm not going to make you roll successes for stuff like that. Okay. So no. I toss the I toss the gem. I'll catch it. Is there any noticeable change in it or in the armor that I can feel? No. Uh, the the thing in your hands is pure essence. It is a hearthstone. It's a man's hearthstone. It does not feel like there's anything it anything spiritual about it. There's no. It's not like an. It's not an exaltation. It's just power dare put it in that is up to you uh, meanwhile talia now that that thing has been destroyed you no longer feel the compulsion to touch the uh sarcophagus but you sense there is something in the sarcophagus you can feel something inside the sarcophagus wordlessly calling out to you can i do an intention check to see if it means me ill uh you don't need to do that you know it doesn't okay it, it okay. is as familiar to you as if you had your own child in front of you Glad she's gone. She then very determinedly like reaches out to the sarcophagus and the lid to the sarcophagus as you touch it and move it slides off like it weighs nothing. It doesn't hit the floor either. It slides and then just floats there. And as you look at it, you realize that that is pure orichalcum, a, a slab of orichalcum, approximately six inches thick and two feet across and seven feet long. What does uh, Talia see when she looks into the sarcophagus? There's a skeleton in there. Uh, most of the clothing is gone, like you know, worn away by time or eaten by, by whatever insects would have fed on the body. 
but there is a mask. A has like slit eyes and the the relief features of a woman, and it's also made out of pure archalcum. Talia takes out the mask and just presses her forehead against it, or presses the forehead of her mask against it. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, it is called the Mask of Many of Many Faces because I love D&D. And uh, what it does is it allows your first cast of the ability that allows you to ship, to shape uh, the first char- use of your charm that allows you to shift swarms. Uh, it will provide the moats for it. So you can use it once for nothing. She quickly, with her back to everyone, swaps the mask with what she's currently wearing and then slides it in her Oh, sorry. Actually, it allows you to use any charm that you have. It'll give you the motes for any charm you have once every day. And it resets when you sleep or otherwise rest for an extended period. And it can go up to 10 motes. Uh, so, for instance, we're using a Flawless Impenetrable Disguise. That costs six motes. So right. you could do that. But if you, need, if, you, if you happen to need to spend more than that, like if you needed 11 motes, then you couldn't do it. While this is going on, I'd like Dax to go up towards Talia with the other Hearthstone and just hold it out, see what happens. I want nothing to do with it. It doesn't react in any significant way. The one in the armor does. You feel that one. It don't isn't pulse. It doesn't twitch. It just the one that's in the armor that you're currently wearing. It's it's like it knows. It's 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 like it recognizes Talia. Uh, the one in your hand doesn't do anything. I'll just. In, I'm gonna insert the um, other Hearthstone in to the remaining slot in the armor. Okay. When you do, um, there's a moment of like almost bow shock, like a <laughs> sensation, and you feel the uh, the gemstone on the right, the one that was already there. You feel whatever presence was in there gratefully departing. The armor is still powered, uh, but that being is gone. Do I get a sense of? What power remains? Yeah, it's it's still the armor is still working exactly as it did before, uh, but now it doesn't need to be using the exaltation to do it. Okay. And that exaltation has has left the armor. Somewhere, someone is like basically the touch of the moon is currently reaching someone who needs to have it, or that the moon thinks should have it. Just as you gained your exaltation, uh, someone else is gaining this one. But you're pretty sure now, if you die wearing this, that your exaltation will go into this armor. A huge ache. Maybe, or maybe not. You don't. You know Ask that the there's player. reasons why your exaltation might be better off inside the armor. Okay, so I'll just want to look at everyone else since I, I've, I'll look out to everyone else and say that I feel like something just left, but there's power remains, and then ask what should we do now. I would like all of you to make a perception plus something roll. Uh, of the three, like charisma, manipulation, what have you. And let me know how many successes with a five difficulty the group as a whole gets. Um, say that again, please. Sorry. My brain did not grok that. Your perception plus you've got charisma manipulation and uh, I can't remember the third one, but the three ones that you have. Uh, pick one of those three. Roll that with perception. And with a target number of five, tell me how many successes you get. We want to know how many successes the group as a whole gets. So Appearance? You, sure. If you want to roll appearance, go for it. I mean, my appearance is a little better than my charisma. In, in this case, it's it would be you 
ruminating on your previous life, your old appearance. Uh, five successes for me. Okay. Okay. Five successes for Dax. Okay. So 15 uh, minus... Four. Whatever. Okay, so 19 total. All right. The uh, you, you leave this chamber and go to the next couple. Uh, one of them is a very utilitarian one. And when you get to the door of it, you find there's a series of dead things. Uh, they don't look like anything that belongs in creation. And with that amount of successes, you know they're not fey because they don't, fey wouldn't remain. Fey are creatures of pure chaos. You kill one, it vanishes. Like it does not stick around, at least in most cases. These are pretty sure these aren't fey. You think they might be uh, Malfians, demons. There's about 28 of them, all dead, around this one figure, this feathered, scaled thing that is, it's literally like withered up by time. The feathers are the things that remain, and they're like, they're in a pile around the body. Two knives in its hands. Uh, the knives are both made out of, uh, you think they're made out of jade. One's red and one's green. Well, I have a feeling that those are mine, so I will take them. Okay, we will talk about what they are in a little bit. Do, 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 here we go, okay. They grant you the following abilities. Uh, they add 10 to your withering, your withering attacks, 10 to your decisive attacks, and damage 14. Um, and they are both moon, silver, and jade. One is moon, silver, and red jade. The other is moon, silver, and green jade. Okay. And they're called sky cutters. Um, they're actually, you're not sure if they count as knives or as boomerangs. They kind of have elements of both. I experimentally um, will throw one, see if it comes back. Uh, does. Hmm. Unless you don't want it to. I, like, you can feel it. You just reach out your hand and thump, it just comes to your hand. Suck it, Thor. I'm better. <laughs> but yeah, you've got two of them now. Uh, they do have the stats I just told you. Yep. 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 All right. Cool. 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 Um, it does require three to attune them. It can be personal or peripheral, but yeah. it requires three modes to attune them. That's one three three peripheral. Okay. But there's nothing else of note in that room. Uh, the next room, however, no, there is one other thing of note in that room. I'm sorry. Uh, Dax, in that room, sitting in a throne, not in a sarcophagus or, or any kind of resting chamber, literally sitting on a throne, is the woman from the statue, the one that you were afraid of. She has even more demons around her. It's like a it's a it's like a huge pile of demons. And in her hands are the giant blades. I want to look visibly unnerved. Like at this point mo- despite having been taken <coughs> damage and feared essentially in the last encounter, still mm-hmm. made a level of stoicism, but this one is starting to visually unnerve me based on, you know, the the memories of just sheer brutality. As that's happening, yeah, you're tying up. The face of the body opens its eyes and, and tilts forward and says to you uh, in a very strange accent, which I'm not going to try and act out because I'm not that good. Um, you are correct. I was everything, but I wasn't always. And her hands come up and they cross as they come up. And so she's offering, like, she's got both blades pointed away from you and down. She's effectively pointing the, uh, the, the hilts at you. And she says, be better. And I, I just want to back away. I, this is not what I, what I'm used to. Okay. Uh, I don't even think about 
taking a swing at the stone statue. I just want to get a far. That's away not a stone statue. statue. That's a body. Oh, the body. That is I, a that is a dead body. No, no, no. I want to get away. I want to. Can we please move on? Did anyone else see that? Can anyone else see that? Oh yeah, everybody sees this thing. Like lift its head and and hold the blades out. Now, and I'm not one that is normally afraid, but this is. We should not be. Do we have a sense that this thing means harm? You can make a a motive check. Okay. What? I can I can do that. Um, you can do it without using the uh, charm. The charm just makes you much better at it. Oh, okay. Like it, the same roll, anybody can make that roll, but without the charm, you the charm gives you plus two 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 huge successes basically. Okay, so if I were to use the charm, well, do we <laughs> basically is the charm needed? No. You anybody can make the motive check. Gotcha. What what do I roll for that? Basically, it's a read intentions action. It's going to be perception, probably usually perception plus uh, manipulation. I'm going to give it a go. And what am I trying to hit? Actually, straight up, just tell me the numbers. Um, not good. Two ones, a three, a four, a seven, and an eight. Okay, so you got two successes. Hey, Liz, did you get... Uh, I'll just ask. Uh, alternate Liz, did you get above a five on any of those rolls? I've waited to roll, so let me do it now. Uh, yes, three of them. Okay. This being is basically just using the last bit of some magic that was cast thousands upon thousands of years ago to offer the blades to itself. It's the last remaining spark of the being that used to be, that Dax, Dax used to be, offering the blades to Dax. It's up to Dax if Dax chooses to take them or not. So Talia turns to Dax and says, it's it's safe. She she just stuck around to give you this message. Like, don't, don't, there's nothing to be afraid of, which is the least effective sentence ever, but. (laughs) Um, I'll tell Talia. So, stepping out, this is me at the player asking. So, um, the remembering how brutal this humanoid used to be was like the living memory everyone else ex- kind of experienced, right? In their own mm-hmm. respective. Okay. Yep. Um, so me as Dax is going to tell. This thing was so bloodthirsty and brutal. And when I fight, I fight for a reason. They killed to kill. If it wants me to be better, I'm just not going to take the blades. Those have seen the blood of countless people for no reason. Well, certainly your choice, and I'm not going to tell you not to do or to do something. Consider, was that the intention of the tool, or was that the intention of the wielder? Would the intention that you hold now be different? And if so, it's still just the tool. Symbols only have power if you give it to them. Perhaps don't think of it as a symbol anymore. Uh, Dax, with a lower intelligence, is stops to pause, and then with a hefty sigh, says to himself, I'm me, I'm better than this. And then he'll just he'll grab the swords. Okay. I'm a bad idea, Bear. Does anything happen? <laughs> oh, um, no. They both kind of settle into your grip, and as you take them, the body begins breaking it down. Uh, Lalith, you remember this because you cast this. This was a spell you put on this body. Um, with like a kind of last grin, as the hands come off the blades, it just sort of slumps back into the chair, head goes back, and the ravages of time just come all at once and the flesh withers off of the body and the last thing you see is its face tightens and tightens until there's just a grin and the hair is falling out and falling into dust 
and then eventually this skeleton is all that's left. Um, in your hands, you know, as, as sure as you know who you are, that you are holding Killing Tide. Um, the Blade of Killing Tide is five feet long and six inches wide. Uh, it's a straight sword made out of orichalcum. It's got black jade and a pattern of waves along of it. It is a attunement. This is for both weapons, but it's attunement five motes. Um, it's got an overwhelming value of five, and it's got lethal, balanced, and melee attacks. It adds 11 to your withering, eight to your decisive, 17 damage, and parry five. Anybody but an attuned or exalted couldn't even swing this. But in your hands, you know how to use it. The other weapon, the uh, attunement cost comes from, from both of them. But the other weapon is called Kalinacht. Uh, it is a Reaper Diclave. Uh, it's a five foot by one inch blade with a thin curves to it. It's got a single cutting edge like a scimitar. Um, it's orichalcum polished to a mirror shine. And it basically, for you, it, it does the exact same stuff. It's got overwhelming value for uh, tags, lethal, melee, chopping. So it's similar to your chopping sword. Uh, it adds 11 to withering, 8 to decisive, 17 to damage, and parry 5. And then both of them have both of them have empty sockets for a hearthstone in them. Uh, before do I need to attune five peripheral or five personal if I want to? It could be either of those, but you okay. do need to attune five to it. When you do that, it means you won't you'll you'll lower your whichever you use, you'll lower by five permanently as long as you stay attuned to these swords. Okay. Um while I think over that, is the current hearthstone with power reacting in any which way to the presence nope. of the blades? It's perfectly happy to be where it is. Okay. I won't attune to it now. Can I just sheath them on both of them on my uh They're really big, but yes, okay, so you back. can do that. You basically keep in mind the the blades are both are five feet long. Uh if you were not almost seven feet tall, this would be ridiculous. As it is, it's still kind of they're unwieldy. Right. Uh, not attuned, you don't think you could swing these effectively. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll just spend the five peripheral. So I'll go be at from thirty to 30, 40 to 35. Okay. But that's it for this chamber. Talia turns to Layla and says, I wonder what we'll find for you, dear. Certainly the, items of power have been left here. The next chamber you go to, uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's empty. There's a interesting set of, like, it's like there's an orichalcum and moonsilver tree hmm. with branches with perches on them. And uh, Cronice recognizes it and realizes that they didn't get to go here because they died in the other chamber fighting against the demon. This was going to be their resting place. They would have been perched in that tree. And there's a kind of a moment of sadness as the being who you once were is like, I never got to sit in my tree, but there's nothing in that room. There's also quite a few traps, but you've, you already knew what they were and where they were. In fact, you've been pulling traps out this whole time because you, you're like, oh yeah, traps. I remember those. Anybody else trying to do this would most likely be killed by some or all of these traps. Like, cause there's a lot of them between the two chambers you just did. And this one, you found 57 traps Gosh. and a good 30 were other traps were activated. Are there so, any salvage, salvageable material that we could use from any of the traps? He could make this kind of stuff out of stuff that's there now. Like okay. there's nothing in there. There's nothing magical about these traps. The only things that would be hard to get are the poisons because the poisons were made by beings that aren't here anymore. Like there was a kind of winged snake that, that this venom came from. But aside from that, 
no, this this is all stuff that you could make using stuff you found in Nexus or Cherusco or wherever. But that leads to the path to the last chamber. And it's just as heavily trapped, and you you spend just as much time disarming the traps. But as you get closer, there's a giant double door at the end of the passage, and it has something magical on it. All of you can feel it just by being exalted. You can feel the power laced into this doorway. Do I sense if it's destructive power? Is this a magical trap? Go ahead and make in a cult plus switz. Plus Target number, say six. Yikes, that's two. There's enough power in here that if it is destructive, it would be very destructive. Huh. Can I take a do a roll, get a better sense of the type of room we're in? Uh, you're currently in a passageway. It's uh, you don't need to make a roll. Oh, it's, okay. You've been watching uh, crew and I take out traps this whole time. Uh, you're aware of like the, even showing you yeah, This one already went off. Um, but then you got to this doorway. This that's you can sense the power in it because it's pure essence and a lot of it, but only uh, Layleth would have any chance to guess what it does and they didn't roll well enough. Oh, that was a very bad. I got two ones and three twos. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of bad dice. Um, uh, it's definitely magical. It's definitely powerful. That's that much you can tell. Wow. So we've we found places for everyone else in these chambers and I'm with the magical energy here. I'm assuming this is related to me. Uh... Can I try and go up and touch the doors? Are there like door handles? Can they be opened? There's no door handles, but you could go up and touch the door. I'd like to go and touch it. And as you come up to touch it, the door says, what are you doing? Oh, I not. Hello. I asked you what you were doing. I would like to see what's on the other side of this. Of course you would. Everybody who comes here wants to see what's on the other side. That doesn't mean I just open. What what good of a guard would I be if I just opened for everyone who showed up? Would you want the kind of guard on your tomb? No, I suppose I wouldn't. I see you back there taking all the traps out. That's just rude. I put them in in the first place. The door waits for a second and goes, pardon? Wait, you get the sense you're all being scrutinized by a door. Yeah. Does the door have, like, a face, eyes? Nope. Is there, it's just, There's a okay. floating essence glyph pattern thing. Although it does kind of look like the glyph is now like furrowing its brow and looking at you, but it doesn't quite have a face. It's like, what is this? After a moment, it's like, well, I should give you a chance to prove it. That was what I was told to do. All right. There's a small moment of shimmer, and then the sigil thing seems to be gone, and the door is open up. Okay. The room past them is dark. Thank you. I'll just say to the air if there's no glyphs anymore. Don't thank me yet. I'm only giving you a chance to prove it. Well, then I shall do my best. And I'll just walk into the room. As uh, Lalith walks into the room, the rest of you see, like, braziers just light up. Like, voom, voosh, 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 all over the place. It's a big room. Like, they've all been pretty big. Uh, This one's absolutely full of terracotta statues painted in riotous golds and greens and yellows and reds, carrying these enormous black polearm spear staff things and they all turn all 50 of them and and go mm, and then point the spears at you now is the time to roll uh those those fancy initiative rolls guys yeah okay. giving the chance to prove it okay what what am i rolling for initiative again yeah i should have kept that up 
yeah. The battle roll, I believe it's awareness plus wits. Yeah, let me make sure, but I think that is it. Sorry about all the clicking. I too have been scrolling up and down this character page a lot. Okay, the the battle pool is wits plus awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. You roll and add three successes if more than one of you is making this roll. So mm-hmm. since you're joining, you're joining the roll at the battle at the beginning of the of the fight. You add three successes to this roll. So you roll wits plus awareness, and you get three successes in addition. And what's my target? Uh, four. I got four successes, so uh, seven. So I am. And that's your initiative. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm still, you know, it's still the same number of dice, but I have this really cool thing where I can, uh, you know, blinding battle faint, uh, where I can spend three motes uh, and I can mm-hmm. join battle with dexterity and stealth instead of wits and awareness. Although it's the same dice, but then I okay. become, I attempt to vanish from view. So, all right, go ahead and roll. Uh, and same it, difficulty, same difficulty, which was four. You said, yep. Four. One, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight out of ten. All right. So eight plus three is eleven. You're eight. going on initiative eleven, and you are invisible. Sweet. Dax initiative nine. Okay. So it's Coronai, Dax, and then Lalith, uh, and Talia. Talia six successes. So okay, nine, nine total. total. All right. So you're going at the same time as Dax. You can guys can negotiate that when it comes time to it. Uh, but. Uh, right now, Coronai, you're going first. Uh, so these things, how many of them are there? Uh, more than you can count fast. At least 50. Mm, and does it look like there's something on the other side of the room or through them? Yep. Graceful crane stance. Glass. <laughs> there's a glass, uh, not a sarcophagus, but just like a glass like cenotaph or something with the body in it. The, gl- the body in the glass is a tall lean male figure with a big orcalcum hammer in one hand and a staff in the other. Cool. Uh, I am going to use a uh, graceful crane stance because why the hell not? That sounds awesome. Uh, I will spend three motes. Uh, these will be personal motes. Uh, I will gain perfect balance and can stand or run on things too narrow or weak to support um, me normally with no chance of falling or breaking through. Okay. I'm going to run across all the tips of their spears and get from one side to the, to the sarcophagus. Cause I can do that. Cause we are in a movie at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I'm going to say, if you can get three successes against a difficulty of five, you make it all the way there. Uh, well, I got six. So you make it all the way there. You are now at the, uh, cenotaph. Cool. All right. That's my turn. Okay. You guys don't even actually see this. All you see is a bunch of spear points going as they're forced down briefly. And then they come back up. You don't even see Coronai do it. You just see that happen. And Coronai is now nowhere to be seen. You don't see them. No idea where they are. Uh, Dax and Talia, you both get to go now. Do you want to roll a D10 for the time? It doesn't really matter because your actions are happening at the exact same time. Okay. You can go first. Okay. Um, I'd like to use the Thunderclap Rush attack and attack the front line of the Terracotta statues. Okay. So I believe it's melee plus strength is for your attack roll. Okay. So. Um, and you get bonus damage based on the swords, but you're not using them. Did you attune them? You attune them. I did attune yeah. them, but this is uh, I one of my starting equipment pieces was a pauldron 
So this is more of just like a shoulder charge into the very front line to try. Yeah, but you're not it. wearing that anymore. Oh, okay. But that doesn't matter because the armor you're wearing is significantly better in every single way. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the I, bonuses that the boots and gloves gave? The I got her, and I can't read. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's plus six uh, damage. Okay. Uh, but it's plus six from the boots and it's plus six from the gloves, so it's plus twelve total. Roll your attack. So the so it'd be strength plus strength uh, plus uh, melee. melee or brawl. I think brawl okay. in this case. So that'd be a nine total. Okay. And target number is two. And that is eight successes. Okay. Roll a d10 and tell me the number you get on it. Six. Okay. So 12. You see uh, Dax just kind of go and charge forward and gets 10 ranks deep as terracotta soldiers explode as he runs through them. Like they're just exploding off of the armor. And you're, you're... there are like something like 20 terracotta soldiers destroyed in your wake, and you are now in the middle of what's left of them, which is a lot. There's still like 30 of them left. But yeah, you just blast through this this group. As he does so, even though he doesn't spend any essence to do it. Actually, do you spend any essence to do it? Um, No. Okay. This is just pure like... Yeah, just boom. Damage. Everything explodes. So there's only a brief flicker of his anima banner. What is your anima banner? Your anima effect? Should say so. Very top of the right hand side of the character sheet. Sorry, uh, it would be helpful if I had the button down. A great hulking, menacing figure. So basically, this giant ogre-like monstrosity appears around Dax as they do this, just for a second. It's not a full manifestation, just a flicker of it. But then, like I said, twenty of them explode, and they're they're like halfway into the room now, with the rest of the terracotta things just like what was you know, and swinging around to try to react. That's Dax's go. Uh, Talia, you're up. Also helps if I push the right talking button. Okay. So the the mask of many faces again. You said it it removes um removes the moat cost for your first charm, and then you you need to spend moats for every other charm until you basically get a get a rest to sleep. Thank you, because I was um <laughs> trying to look and realize nope, this is not the same thing. Okay. Um. So the the common charms that are excellencies, can she, um, oh wait, not that, I love it. Oh. Um, so Talia is going to spend two of her, well, this is, so is read of the wind something that can be vibratory or is it just reactive? Um, it's reflexive and instant. So if someone attacks you, it you can use this immediately upon an attack. But okay, you can't so use it before they attack you. You yeah, don't have to use it. It's, it just goes off. You can just say, boop, I use that. You don't have it's not an action. Okay. And, um Leah's not really sure what to do because these aren't these can, can she um divine if these things can be reasoned with? I mean you can always try. Okay, so Talia is gonna use uh, manipulation and socialize. Yeah. And uh, try to just friends friends there's no need for violence okay go ahead uh gonna need seven success uh, a seven on the on the die for a success go ahead and roll as many successes as you can get two okay they stop but you don't get the sense that they're like completely convinced or if that's what made them stop you don't know for sure but they did stop and they're kind of swinging back to look at you Talia twiddles her fingers and goes, hello. Okay. Um, 
that uses up their round, which was going to be at the end of this round. They stop and are like, should we attack? You, you Again, don't know if why they're doing this, but they have stopped for a round. You have successfully convinced them not to attack for this round. Which gives you to Leyleth. Um, I would like to uh, do a slash with my harpoon. Is the... I actually don't know if the harpoon is a thrown weapon or something that I would like. You use it as a spear, but it is, it is, you can throw it or you can use it as a, you know, hand to hand weapon. I want to use it as a, like a spear and slash with it. And I have, I have a thing, excellent strike for three motes. I gain an automatic success on a melee attack and I can reroll any ones on the attack roll until ones no longer appear. Okay. But I don't actually know what I do for my attack roll. In your case, it's going to be, I believe, agility plus me- plus melee. Okay, that's for the damage. Dexterity plus melee. It's not really going to matter because both strength and dexterity are the same for you. The, to yeah. make the attack roll in the first place, your target number is four for, to hit terracotta statues. You roll um, your melee plus your um, dexterity, which in your case is going to be four dice total. Okay, but this is an automatic hit if I spend the months. Okay, so you therefore you got four successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have hit. So let me look at the thing fairly fast. It's called Excellent Strike. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's an automatic success. You don't automatically hit. You get one automatic oh, success. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. But I so. Oh, so don't. one success on the dice. Yeah, you'll have a success automatically. Then you roll your four dice and see how many successes you get. And if you roll any ones, you can re-roll them. Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. And what number am I going for? Four. So I got, okay, I got three. Three on the dice? Uh, three successes. Not counting the dice. automatic success. So you've Not got counting four. counting the automatic. Okay. So you have four successes total. Okay. Uh, that's sufficient to smash two of them. Um, yeah, you smash two of them into dust. Uh, that's them. That's you were last, so they've their action is gone this round because uh, Talia surprised them. Coronai, you're up. I mean, there's really not a whole lot for me to do besides wait for them, but let's see here. Before you do whatever you're going to do, give me a perception plus uh, charisma roll. Perception and charisma. Give me a moment. That is six dice. Uh, four is your target number. Uh, I have five above four. There's something magical about this glass box, and you remember discussing it. You you remember uh, the being that was Leleth bending over to talk to you because it was like almost three times your height and saying, "Remember this: one, seven, six, four. All right, is there like a panel or anything on there? There are various solar runes and other runes. You see runes from various other exalted casts. There's the five maidens runes. There's the runes of the four elemental dragons. There's the runes of the um, the lunars, the, the, the various previous... This is the old runes. They don't use them anymore, but they're there. And in addition, there's the five solar runes. Do I see anything that would allow me to input or uh, arrange the 1764? Make a straight int roll, difficulty 2. Just your, uh, just I believe it is intelligence. I got a 5 and a 10. Okay, so that's, you've got two successes on difficulty 2. Yeah. You realize the 1 is, the Twilight cast is up at the top, which is not 
you expect Dawn up there, then Twilight, then, uh, you know, Z- there's Dawn, Zenith, Twilight, uh, Night, and Eclipse in order. But there's the Twilight sigil is up there. So that's one. And then you count down and you find the old lunar sigil for the warrior types is seven, which means the one above it, which is the old uh, lunar sigil for like ambassador types is six and then four and four is night cast. And as you tap them in order for a moment, the, 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 the essence of this thing is linked directly into you and it's reading you and you're the person it expected because you're the person who was told to do this. So there's a, and the glass slides open on either side. All right. Well, productive turn. As you do that, the terracotta statues all start turning and jamming themselves with their spears, literally smashing each other. And in a few moments, they're just all dust. Well, that was quite dramatic. I did not expect him to get all the way over there. <sighs> Getting I mean, to this right cenotaph was not what I expected. Good job, man. I mean, you gave me the character. I read the character. This is the thing that was going to happen. I was like, I yeah. could I could dance on swords. I'm going to dance on a sword today. <laughs> I saw that, and I was going to make that happen. Dang it. Oh, you, you successfully did that. As you do that, the body steps forward and then steps over you, literally over you, because even, you know, you're taller than your previous incarnation, but you're still not very tall. And it's it's literally like 12 feet tall. Steps over, steps over again very tall imposing gaunt and quite frankly long dead form and as it walks it kind of stumbles and then falls to its knees and begins moving on its knees and then falls forward some more and holds the staff and the hammer out and then falls the rest of the way and they're just holding the staff and the hammer out as the body hits the floor um and then someone is singing you know nothing wrong with me nothing wrong with me and then <laughs> the body turns to you <laughs> like ash burned up by the magic, the last remaining thing it had to do. And just the staff and the hammer are there on the ground. I'll walk over to them and uh, reach my hand out to touch the staff. Is it familiar to me at all? Yes. Um, There's absolutely nothing magical about it, but it's made out of gold or a calcum and, and uh, red jade. It's monetary value is probably inestimable. It was a symbol of office, uh, and it is it is a first age relic in completely pristine condition. And it's made out of magical materials, so you could make it magical, but at present it is not. It is just an incredibly valuable piece of, of art. And when I say staff, it's not like six or seven or eight feet long. It's only like a three-foot rod. So it's more like a rod of office, but it's just holding it, you're holding a piece of history. And an incredibly valuable one. There's probably more oracalcum inside this tomb than outside in the world. Just the lid on that one sarcophagus would be enough to create multiple magical wonders. The hammer, on the other hand, is most definitely magical. Uh, yes, I'll examine the hammer. As you examine the hammer, uh, that red f- like form, the rune, descends down upon it. And the hammer comes up like it pops up into the ground it's it's a smithing hammer an incredibly expensive one that your positive is made out of moon silver and uh black jade and as you're looking at it it says well then do you accept do i accept what what you left for yourself 
seeing as I left it for myself, I suppose I must. Then take me up. And I will uh, reach my hand out and grab it. Okay. There's a moment of flashing brilliance, and you are holding the, the hammer. It didn't have a name. It was a tool that you used to, to craft this tower and craft the uh, various items of power for your friends and use the magic that you did to, to transform this place upon your death. And in your mind, if you look at your character sheet, you see a thing about terrestrial circle sorcery. Yes. Right? Uh, just in your head, keep note of the fact that you now also know celestial circle sorcery. Okay. And you will gain one spell. Um of your own choice from the celestial circle. If we ever play this campaign again, who knows? Okay. <laughs> but you get that for starters. You now know the celestial circle magic can cast it, can learn it. In addition to that, you now have control over this bit, this structure hmm. and the three hearthstones at its heart. So, do I have any feeling for the identity of these hearthstones? Not at the moment. You know that they are hearthstones that you crafted for this place. That this is a manse. It's a place of power. And it's where like leyline magic pools in and essence collects. By controlling it, you control the essence flow. Which means that instead of just having to wait to rest to regain essence, you can rest here and regain essence at double. And you, you and the other members of your circle could channel that essence for various things. Like, for instance, creating magical items. Uh, learning things about the past. And it's at its height, this place would have been a f like an absolute citadel. Getting in here probably costs so many lives, but they eventually did get in. So you don't want to get too cocky. If the Wild Hunt hears about this place, they will come uh, and they will bring legions with them. And they will eventually get in because you don't know enough about this place yet to use its defenses. But you mm -hmm. now have control of it. We've just conveniently removed all of the physical traps. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, I can always put them back. Um, I'm just kind of staring at the hammer, and I this is my place of power. I know it. I control it. Well, it was the circles. It uh, wasn't just yours. You were the, the celestial the, circles. Yeah, you're the no. The celestial circle sorcery is the sorcery okay. it taught you, but in it, you can sense it actually has access to other magics you're just not prepared to get yet. Um, you know that in this hammer is the secret of solar circle sorcery, which is the only, it's a form of sorcery only solars can use. So it's been lost for thousands of years because the other, so other exalted aren't solars, but this hammer in your hands, you could learn that in time. The, so the circle itself was not the celestial circle. It was your circle, the five of you now four, because one of you does not seem to be here. I'll probably, like, you know, pop back into existence at this point. Dax will walk over to Lilith, semi-disappointed that all the pottery people exploded. He was looking forward for that challenge. You still killed 20 of them. With one attack, I'll point out. I'll, I'll look at him and see his disappointed expression and say, if you, if you need more things to kill, I'm sure, I'm sure we can make more. There's always another enemy. I'm sure there'll be more. There's a rumble through the place as you're standing here having this conversation. And as you look at the walls, they're turning black. Um, Bright, reflective don't... black. This the is how it was originally. And yes, exactly. And you hear in a deep like voice of gro like grounding together rock, the circle fell. The circle lives. And that's basically it. 
<laughs> if we ever come back and do this again, they will come from here. But that's the end of this little adventure for your little exalted troop. What an unusual game. Yep. That's why I wanted to run it for the longest time. <laughs> it's it's an interesting game. Matt and I talk about it a lot. And I, I know we're doing our outros and stuff like that. Um, but it existed in this weird in-between spot between World of Darkness and Dungeons and Dragons, right when both were like becoming very popular, and it feels a, it fills a really like esoteric niche mm-hmm. in that because it's a lot about like essences and what makes what makes a being a being, what makes the world the world. Um, I, honestly, I was really pleased with Nick completely without I don't even think knowing it playing with that really hard. Yeah, that was actually some good role playing, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, the idea of being like afraid of who you used to be because who you used to be was horrible. Like that's a big part of Exalted is trying to deal with the past person. So not for nothing. I, when I when I was looking into this to like sort of see like how to play into it because I didn't want to come totally unprepared. Well, I was really expecting more of like just the over the top anime, like kind of like the examples you had popped it into us, right? Mm-hmm. And then the um, sort of existential aspect of it reminded me of an older anime from like the early thousands blue yeah Gender. i was going for that kind of thing i was this was yeah. more of escaflaune than yeah i deliberately did that uh because quite frankly you didn't have as many people as i expected you to have and mm-hmm. i didn't like some of the fights i designed were a little too hard so i had to pull them back but yeah i, I really liked that i loved how all of you got into your characters pretty quickly quite frankly that was really nice um, so yeah, I think Does it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious that I got I got the rogue. Yeah, well, <laughs> you got the panda person, is what you got. Who like, just happens to also be a rogue. When it described that race as having panda markings. I was like, that's Joe. I don't even care what the, what she does. <laughs> that's Joe. Joe's going to be the panda that was person. Fantastic, yes. And uh, then I was like, Liz likes doing sorcerer types, so I'll give Liz the sorcerer. I don't know Nick at all, so he can have the easiest to play. Like I, I hit things. Yeah, that's the easiest to play. You can have that. And 100%. uh Liz too actually took um I don't I don't know how to put this. That's the character I originally made for uh Anne. And <laughs> I spent so much time working on it that I wanted it to get played. Uh and you did really great with it, actually. I was really surprised. Uh that you you really played up on the the acting and the um theatricality of the character. So yeah, I I'm very pleased with this game and how it went. I doubt we'll ever do another one. But I mean, if we ever did, if it ever happens, we've got a place to jump off from. I can start introducing the other places in the world. It's an interesting setting. Uh, you guys didn't get to see much of it, it unfortunately. Really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially reading the backstory. God yeah, bless. yeah, the backstories were hard. That's one of the reasons that I was like, I was late to get started because <laughs> I was like trying to get this thing formatted and set up. And I was like, oh, God. So, yeah. Liz, you were going to say something? I mean, I was just going to say, it's always interesting to jump into new worlds. I mean, a lot of us play D&D and we regularly play D&D and D&D is kind of like the big thing in TTRPGs right now mm-hmm. that everyone knows and everyone plays. And so it's it's interesting to try out different game mechanics and different, uh, just wildly different settings. Yeah, yeah. And this one's definitely designed to do different. But um, I think at this point, we're going to let people go because at least two of us are tired and uh, we've been playing for like three hours. So I want to thank everybody for like listening to this when the recording goes out. And I want to thank everybody for showing up and playing in it. And I want to tell Anne, get better. Uh, I'm sorry you were sick. I really wanted you to get to play that character, but Liz did an incredible job. Uh, so you don't have to be worried about it. And yeah, uh, 
you guys have anything to say before we get going? I think we should probably do the usual thing that Joe does. And I think we should mention anything we've got going on for Tavern Watch. So uh, I'm going to say Joe first. Right. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions of patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means podcasts like this, the site and the community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance of having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. Uh, Liz, do we have any travel watch news to share or should we, we just do going? not have anything planned for the moment? So no. Okay. Uh, December is not likely to have any future games. I'm pretty sure the holiday is going to take that off. It's tough to schedule things. Where, but, I mean, I'm going to try, but it's tough. Yeah. If that's the case, January will be coming back with Witchlight, I believe, because we have yeah. one or two more games to run. Uh, try and finish out this section of the story. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. The, the Witchlight games are really cool, and Liz is doing a great job with it. It's it's really interesting. It's D and D, but it definitely goes in different directions. So, last time we were playing, we kind of started a riot. <laughs> or rebellion. Or rebellion. You you started a minor civil war. It's, yeah, uh, it's yeah, fine. It's probably fine. Oops. But yeah, <laughs> I, I do recommend going and listening to all of those because they're they're great fun. Uh, thank you everyone for being here with us, uh, and thank you guys for being here and playing. And we'll be back when we're back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.